Welcome back to DL Hughley Uncut. We are back. Take it down over here. That's right, I guess that's right. everybody's worried about that October like, surprise. Shit as much as we want. I think it's different. Like, yeah. Well, no, because now I think that they're um, talking about they, they might have found Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah, I saw too where they, I guess the people. All right, welcome to DL Hughley Uncut. I am Court and the namesake. I am I am DL Hughley. I'm Jasmine Sanders. What's up, y'all? Black Jay. You tried just getting off the plane and coming to do this. No, I get it. I know what you're covering. But it's fine. I ain't been beat up or nothing. No, no, I didn't say that. I mean, I was about to say, I was about to say, I saw the back and forth over the weekend. I was a little concerned. Listen, you don't know family love until you have. Some things uh, up. Family members, please do. So much yeah. I'm a Democrat. Over. Yeah. And I want sure? my team to win. Yeah. Yeah. I want my team to win. I'm and not saying that everybody. You, and I, I, I what, certainly wouldn't say about any political I want my team to win. And I want them to win because I think they have the best possibilities for us. And I want him to do well. And I have to act like that's kind of with anybody who's a black people Republican. And all cities, when I have a problem with any black person, when they're good conscience, support this motherfucker. Somebody's making an argument. Yeah. yeah. That that and in case you're wondering what we're it. talking about, and I'm sure a, a you already know, that this whole platinum plan that a, apparently or allegedly a, 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 a Ice Cube is working with the Trump administration after, after with for black people. Thing. And this, now, I, I don't know how he much says that, that he is not with the Trump administration. He's very brother, upset because he's saying that people are saying things mother, that are not true. Like the poli- like Politico, like he Los Angeles Times, like Rolling Stone magazine. And he seems to be very upset with a lot of people other than the people who release the information. Well, the other thing is the kid that watches um, throughout the course of the summer. His brother and sister. Um, yeah, I, was, I like a lot of people yeah, called by yeah. Yeah. And Kamala And when you're talking Harris about moral failings, I don't team. think anyone in the Trump family um, and, and or the administration should be discussions talking. With her. I mean, we can go and to a, a, a jail roll call I was if you on the call. We can talk about morality. Uh, yeah, at we can one look at these kids in cages. We can also look at a number of lawsuits against you for rape. How about that? I'll tell you what they want. The play basketball on the bum or the I know the cocaine glazed out. You're going to the cocaine glazed out. I'm not going to ask you how you know Like, I'm a Democrat, but 
I'm not going to say that perfect, I think you know who but you I'm involved like. in the political process. Right. I believe yeah. they had and the I think best this opportunity for us. Know who uh, right you, when people say I knew dumb stuff, stuff like uh, uh, September, uh, I mean, Joe Biden was in public. I knew what was for me. Office forty. What have you done for black people? Joe Biden was the senator from Delaware. So in order to find out what he did for black people, I have to ask him to live in Delaware. He's not the senator for the United States of America. He's the United States senator, but he has to serve the constituents of Delaware, which isn't one of the larger uh, uh, his, population uh, in this country. Right. He is a senator a and to kind of uh, and to and try, try to make the deals. point that he um, has had an opportunity. He's do. never been president <laughs> they, they try to get money, He's right? He's never been, yes. and nobody I mean, has more if you, power. If you doped up, you can take all hundred senators. <laughs> I, mean, I know niggas that say, and they still have as much power as the president. They can all say yes, he could say no, and it would go away. You've got a father who's the vice president. There have been hundreds and hundreds of senators. Over a thousand senators have been going down from the beginning of time. I think been, all of this type of stuff thousands happened, and thousands of Congress right now that wants to fight national inquiry style instead of going out and doing it. Right, 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 right. And when it's, it's, people tell me what is the Biden, do you care? I mean, uh, Harris I just, administration going to do? I think, I think uh, what I they care done, more. They're not. They've never been one. The there hasn't been. There's country. an administration that's trying to get a job. My plan is to have listened to them like I have and to decide that they're the best way forward. In my estimation, I know what I'm going to do. I'm nobody's leader. I can tell you what I believe. But I believe. To, to try and to pin your hopes, no matter what. Why would I want to be uh, or listen to somebody on the road every Trump? Those and motherfuckers couldn't even pass fear and an anti-lynching bill, even though even well, though all could, the security measures. Like, like, okay, let's not hang niggas. Let's say that. They couldn't even say that was. Well, you know, it depends. Unanimous, we won't hang niggas. Come on, that I have the biggest issue. Also, is my first thought is, I care about what you speak to about this plan. Like, what what experts, what people. Laptop. in these who, communities, who Ice Cube. Yeah. Like, who did you talk to to come up with this platinum plan? Because much. you're a dude from the West Coast. <laughs> I don't know who you know on the East Coast or the Midwest or have you talked to anybody <laughs> down south. Like, where did you... you I, I wasn't even aware that he was working on a plan, let alone meeting with the Trump administration. And, and my second thing is, what has the Trump administration done for the black community Anyway, all of these promises, all these other people they've met with, I'm not going to name names, but you know I can. I haven't seen anything come of those meetings. So what made you think that you were going to get him to do something for you after you met with him? And why does he only meet with black rappers, athletes, comedians, and 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 uh, athletes. I actually have the answer to this because you've asked me that before, and I thought about it, and I said, you know what it is? It's entertainment. Yeah, it is. He and, does not want to get business done. It's entertainment, and it's all yeah. for optics. Period. Those they 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 have their influencers. They can take great pictures, and he gets to say, "I met with black people," but they don't reflect. The bottom line is this: our experiences are so varied, our needs are so varied. Uh, it, it takes a, a, a lot of people in a lot of different pos- positions weighing in on what this looks like. And I and I really feel as if uh, this is the first time an administration that I know of reached out to so many varied people and tried to come up with something even before the election was done. So uh, Ice Cube has had conversations with him. He's right. But I don't know that they co-opted his idea because there were several other ideas that they'd like to admit. Like one of the things we talked about even on the show with uh, Representative Kahana from the 17th District in California, it isn't just about giving black people jobs. It's about letting, ha- helping them uh, to participate in the wealth-making mechanisms of the United States of America. And that's the tech sector. 
We, and, and we have the pipeline. We have HBCUs uh, that, that with those uh, those students should should be given funding, and they should be able to take whiteboarding and code writing, and be able to access. Because I don't think that the tech sector should be the sole province of white and Asian men. Well, also I think it's a better way for us to have generational wealth instead of worrying exactly. about what we do right now. What are we going to do ten years from now? What about my family? What about my kids exactly. and their kids? Mm-hmm. That's what we should be focused on and, as well. And 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 we also have to worry about policing. And I, I I remember specifically having this conversation with both Joe Biden and Kevin Harris. I said it's great that we're trying to you know make sure that people have health care. It's great that we're trying to stop. And obviously we need to do something about police brutality but after we're alive then what <laughs> like after you stop right. them from killing us then what the fuck we do and one of the things that needs to happen is, is is because we have missed the industrial age and the manufacturing age because of racial disparity and bias and racism this age now this technology age is is a chance for if you look at the nasdaq everybody's getting wealthy is in tech is in the tech sector yes if, if, if right now we had hundreds of thousands of, of young uh, black college graduates and, and Latin college graduates going out into the world and they're making $80,000 a year to come out of college in the tech sector, that could fi- change the financial forces of our communities. And that's a conversation. we. It's not about – and black people are the, are the influencers. Right now, Chris Rock got a commercial uh, for Apple. Before that, it was a it was a young girl uh, 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 singing about on the Apple commercial for the computer. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, Andrew Day. Andrew Day. Uh, then it's Lil Wayne dropping on Andrew. So black people influence technology, and the only job we can get is the manager at an Apple store. That's not equitable. No. And we're gonna have, sit, have these conversations about income inequality unless we find a, find a way to let us access and to demand that we access the wealth the wealth making mechanism of the United States of America. In addition to everything, we also need to find ways so that that black women don't die in de- in despair, uh, disparate levels uh, from 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 childbirth, or that our children don't have to uh, go to uh, ill-equipped, ill fight. Look at look at the schools in New Jersey with lead and and yeah. and, and, and 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 viruses. Uh, excuse me, lead and 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 germs everywhere. Like it it, it 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 there are so many things that we need, and the only way that we are going to encompass as many as we can is by having. All of these people having all these conversations. Yeah, but I think we have to find a way that we have these conversations together because what I feel is happening is every couple of weeks or every month or so, there's one person against another person. And I feel like what it's doing is tearing us more apart than it is bringing us together. And this close to the election, we have so much to lose. It's not the time for it. Well, I, I tell you what, us is a, is a, is a, is a nebulous thing. I think that I want people, I, I want the opportunity, and I think it may, me, maybe even they do. I can't question their motives. I, can't, I can only say it is weird to me that of all the conversations I've had with the vice president and the president and all the people I've had them with and all the people that nobody demanded that their name be on the document. Nobody did. And you know what they didn't do? They didn't go out and tweet that they had had these conversations with people. They didn't do that. Yeah, I don't even know. I, I look. I ain't read the Bible, Bible a lot, but I know that the Jesus naming on the front is in is through the pages. <laughs> yeah, like Jesus be like, who the hell is King James? I don't. <laughs> Why is he talking about me so much? <laughs> so I just I, th- there's a whenever somebody puts their name has to like when Trump had to put his name on the stimulus checks when he has to put his name in his ballots whether you do putting your name on stimulus checks or the ballot or on a plan for black people. I wonder what your intent is. Yeah, it becomes and, very selfish at that point, I think. And they attached Ice Cube's name to it. Like, I, I'm sure that that wasn't his plan to just release that he's helping out with these guys. But what it did is it provided 
the third group of people. We have the voters, uh, obviously, and then we have the people who want to, you know, maybe not vote or think that their vote doesn't mean anything. And I think any of this that he's doing right now, if you just read the surfaces of what he's talking about, with you know, which is you know, withholding the vote, it's going to promote these people that are on the fence of, about not using their natural right to vote. It, it, okay, let me ask you. You know why black women are so powerful right now? Because they vote at a higher rate, rate level than any demographic in the country. That's why they were able to demand that somebody that looked like them be on that ticket, and they got it. And they didn't do it with bellicosity. It is, it is the way that they've moved forward. They have been active, and we have been cynical. They yeah. got Joanne Reed, we got Ice Cube. Well. They got Kamala Harris, and we got fucking Earl, you know, uh, Earl Bo- Boyce. Boyce Watkins. Oh, Boyce Watkins. <laughs> one, one is <laughs> rebel in cynicism about how we, we need to change parties. Well, we do start one. But until you do, and maybe the time to start one, is it three days Thank before a goddamn election? <laughs> right. I've been saying that. Right. Even people who say let's withhold the vote. Why would you want to say that now? Where were you four years ago? Even three and a half years ago. You don't wait until two weeks before the election. Because if you withhold the vote, then what? And and if you're going to make a plan for black <laughs> America, why don't you do it during the primary process when they're picking the candidate? Mm-hmm. That way, if the candidate makes it through, then you have helped, had a hand in the candidacy of that person. Yeah. You've been involved with them. But but this but this notion that one man or one woman can typify and quantify the experiences of black people is insulting. We got a we got a group of people that got Barack Obama and Flavor Flav. Who the fuck gonna be able to encapsulate all that? <laughs> 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 Our next guest today is the representative from California's 45th district. Please welcome Congresswoman Katie Porter. Hello, Congresswoman. How are you? Just fine. How are you? Thanks for having me on. It's a real pleasure to meet you. Every time I see you ripping somebody a new ass off, I'm hoping. (laughs) And I like it. I'm hoping the trend stops today. Oh, it does. It does. Uh, uh, You're very interesting. You are a a mother of three. I mean, I guess a, a, a lot of women. Uh, have, have children, but you're a single mother, and yet you are a, are a member of Congress, which is, I mean, I, I, obviously there are challenges that are inherent with that anyway, being just a single working mother, but Congress has to add a special layer to it, a, a, a distinct one, right? It does, and I think one of the things that I think a lot about is that Congress has five car dealers, but one single mother. Why is Congress thinking more about businesses than they're thinking about getting schools reopened in a way that's safe for our kids and our teachers? So I think it's important to bring that perspective to the work that I do, because there are a lot of single parents, grandparents that are raising children, a lot of non-traditional families out there. But I, and I think that that's why there's a disconnect. I think a lot of people feel underserved or even unseen uh, by their representatives in Congress and the Senate. I mean, just just the, the government period. I think that a lot of people uh, don't feel like they. A lot of people, I, I think that they they, they they feel like Congress is this place where people do these things that affect them that they have no say about. Yeah, no, and we work for the people. So I think one of the things that's really important about is to be transparent about who we are and the challenges that we face. So I've talked a lot about I drive this minivan um, with 129,000 miles on it. Uh, My kids are back in part-time 
in-person school and with a high schooler, a middle schooler, and an elementary schooler, I have zero minutes each week, but they're all in school at the same time. And that's how a lot of parents are feeling right now. <laughs> but see, I think that's the great thing is that you are able to bring that perspective to people who need to hear it. When you're trying to, you know, get certain, you know, jobs done and whatnot, they need to understand from the perspective of someone who's trying to manage three kids and trying not to step in poop outside and, and basically understanding what we're going through. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, there are some of my colleagues who I think, you know, have those kinds of life experiences, but there's been this mentality that somehow when you get elected, um, you're important and you're really not important. You're just doing a job. And so I think being really frank with people about what the challenges of the job are, what you're able to do, what you're not able to do, what's frustrating, what's satisfying. I think that really invites the American people to better understand what Congress people do to be part of the conversation that we're having in Congress. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because I, I think that uh, th- those are that's a confluence of thing. A single mother goes to work every day. I mean, th- that part is relatable. But then going off to Washington and doing this thing, um, you uh, have a have a super PAC, and it is called uh, Truth to Power, which is interesting for a congressman person to say. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> that usually they, we we only usually get one half of that equation. What is that all about? Well, so what I decided to do was um, try to help change the composition of people in Congress. One of the things that we have to grapple with, it's not just about Republicans, it's not just about Democrats, is that over the last 20 years, the average American has lost confidence in Congress. And that's related to these issues about honesty, about fighting for real people's needs. And so part of that is about changing the rules of how Congress operates. It's about pushing back at some traditions of the institution, but it's also about changing the people who are there. First and foremost, making sure that we're electing people who will stand up to corporate power and that we're electing a diverse Congress that reflects all of the ideas and challenges and opportunities of America. Yeah, but that's that's a challenge within itself because we know as a nation, uh, we don't tend to vote. um, I think less than 40 percent of us vote on a regular basis. So uh, as much as you say you work for the people. Um, what it, that's that's a difficult thing to accomplish when a lot of people aren't participating in the process to select they they, they they give you your job right. Well, I think about this a lot because I represent a majority Republican district and I'm a Democrat, and so a lot of those people, even who did vote, maybe didn't vote for me. Um, I think about this a lot when I hear things from Dreamers um, who are you know not able to vote because they're not U.S. citizens, but I'm still their voice in the federal government on policy. I think about it with school kids who can't vote yet, but I'm still their voice on things like education policy and tackling climate change. So the job of representing is not just about pleasing your voters or kowtowing to your voters, it's about doing the work of Congress well. And that means really representing every single person in your district and ultimately in this country. Well, the 45th district is where? Uh, my district is headquartered kind of in Irvine. I represent wow. the University of California, Irvine, <laughs> right, right. to its central Orange County. Right. Um, and when I got elected in 2018, I became the first Democrat to represent this patch of land in 70 years. Yeah. Damn. It was uh, Orange County so conservative when, my, when I crossed the county line, my car tips to the right. And I really do think, why do you think it was that they decided to uh, elect you after 70 years of, of, of sticking with uh, people from the other side? Well, I think there were a 
couple things going on. One is concern about Donald Trump sure. um, and an inc- a number of Republicans who, even though they've been long-term Republicans, they were Republicans who remember a Ronald Reagan who fought for things like the Endangered Species Act. Right. Big contrast to President Trump. I think the other reason is that I ran a campaign about promising that I would stand up for Orange County families, that I would fight the power, that I would speak truth. I didn't care if it was a big banker, big oil company, defense contractor, Washington lobbyist, Trump official. I'm going to try to get questions and try to make this country better. And I think for a lot of people, one of the reasons they don't vote is they feel like the whole system is rigged and they're, you know, that people's policies are bought and sold by lobbyists. So by not taking corporate PAC money, by not taking money from lobbyists, I think that caused a lot of people to feel like their vote in this race mattered. You know, it's interesting. You you talked about the people that you have uh, leveled tough questions at, and I've seen a few. Of that. Like, I wouldn't want to be a, a a president of a pharmaceutical company come talk to you. No, not <laughs> at like, all. Nah, fuck, is she there? I'm not right. going. I don't want to She's bringing her. all her props and <laughs> right. stuff and holding my feet to the fire. <laughs> nah, I'm good. Why do you use, why do you use, uh, uh, what, I don't know that they're props, but why do you use visual aids when you well, Look, I think that the goal of these hearings is not to hear ourselves as elected officials talk. And the goal isn't to hear a bunch of pre-written talking points from these coached corporate witnesses either. The goal of the hearing is to try to get closer to understanding the real problem and the possible solutions. So when I use something like a whiteboard or I, I hold, I talk about the hearings, the pleadings that someone's making in court, and then they're telling me something entirely else, it's about calling out that hypocrisy. It's about exposing what these companies are doing and then allowing the feelings of the American people, the opinions of the American people. That's really what's being held to the fire. I'm just the vehicle for kind of trying to out that truth and then engage people in democracy. But I was a professor for many years. I taught a really exciting subject. It was called the Uniform Commercial Code. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure I've been in that class all the time. Yeah, Yeah, I'd have been there. They want to take the uniform commercial code. Right? <laughs> right, when you right. teach something like that, you have to be the party. Right. The material is boring as hell. So I got pretty good at trying to think about how can I break this down? How can I make this engaging? How can I draw those students 8 a.m. unprepared, hungover, however they're coming to class? How can I engage them in the material? And I think the American people are busy. Um, They're trying to put food on the table. They're trying to get to and from work. They're trying to get to church. Whatever they're doing, they don't have time to try to deal with a bunch of acronyms and Washington, D.C. mumbo jumbo. They deserve straight talk that lets them take action. I remember remember election day, and I remember uh, being shocked uh, that this blue wave rolled through Mm. Orange County. I think that it it speaks to... uh, and I think that my my problem, and and I, I state this openly, although I'm a, I don't agree with Republicans. I had a, I had a measure of respect for them. I don't respect uh, the, the the Republican Party as Trump has remade it. I think that it is uh, it is uh, not any. It's not any. I think that Ronald Reagan would not recognize uh, this party. I think that their whole agenda has been co-opted and and willingly. And I think that that is why you've seen. Perhaps why you have a job. One of the things I find interesting that you do is the way that you address issues that wouldn't seem to be that 
Um, they seem more suited for people that 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 live where my mother lives, as opposed to Orange County. So I just don't. I, it just it's a little. Uh, it's interesting to me me to see you address issues that wouldn't be. I I don't think as at the forefront to your constituents as they would be to other people. Well, look, I think when we think this is one of the realities. I think that's important to grapple with. The cost of health care isn't just a problem for the lowest income Americans. It's a problem for all of us. We're paying for health insurance, and what do we get back? Claim is denied, right? Your, your you know, this prescription isn't covered. Um, it'd be cheaper to not use your insurance to use your insurance. And I think we have to realize that, you know, the costs of living in a lot of places, including coastal California, Orange County, are very, very high. And look, the number of Americans who can afford, for example, to write a check for fifty or sixty thousand dollars in college every year—that's a very tiny fraction. That is not the middle class, and so I think the, the broad middle class of people are having trouble with these same costs: the cost of childcare, the cost of college, the cost of healthcare, including the cost of prescription drugs. And then, at some fundamental level, no matter what kind of job you work in, whether it's hourly, whether it's salary, whether you're new to the workforce and you've been working for 30 or 40 years, we as workers are helping to create the profits that corporations enjoy. And part of what we should get back is part of those profits because we are creating the productivity. And so when I ask an executive, why should you be paid hundreds of millions of dollars? I expect them to have an answer. And they don't. Yeah. Really? Why? Yeah, why, why? We've, we've seen that. <laughs> I, I bought the last Congress. Why would I do what, what is this? I'm not used to this. Um, what is, uh, now we are in the middle of a race, uh, obviously a presidential race. And one of the things uh, that I've gotten a chance to talk to Vice President Biden and, and Kamala Harris on a couple of occasions, and they have made no secret about their outreach to, 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 uh, to black males. Um, which I don't, Irvine, any black people out there is in a way to protection program, but I'm just, <laughs> but, 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 but what are some of the things that you see that are being done uh, to attract, because I, I, I'm, I'm not in agreement with the electoral college, but as we have it, and if you have a low turnout in places like Detroit or, or, or Philadelphia or Cleveland, it's not going to be a very good day. So you're going to need uh, to kind of have a message for those disaffected voters uh, and and one that seems different from the one they hear now, and I, I I'm wondering what you think that is. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the messages is that we understand what's hard for you. We understand what it's like to be given six thousand reasons why you can't get a raise, but then read in the newspaper about the CEO who is. Um, I think it's understanding how much parents count on public schools to keep their kids safe, um, to be able to give them a good education. So. I think that just being really clean, I, mean, I talk about this all the time. I could not serve in Congress if I didn't have public school. I can now afford private school for these three children. I'm not sure these three children are well behaved enough to even get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you don't bad ass down. <laughs> so it's, I think it's really about understanding and you know, really thinking about it from, every, from an everyday perspective. 
What do people want? They want to be safe in their homes and their neighborhood. And that means being safe, not just from crime, but being safe from racially disparate policing practices. Um, it means not just having a public school, but having a quality public school. They want to have opportunities to grow and improve in their career. And so I think we just need to be really plain about what the challenges are. We're not fooling people. So Democrats talk, for instance, all the time about health care. And let's be clear, compared to the Republican Party, we are like the angels of healthcare. But that doesn't mean that we're fooling the American people. They understand that big pharmaceutical companies are ripping them off. Mm -hmm. How is it? How is it that that could even be a consideration? I know that uh, COVID is ravaging the nation, and and we're 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 having an argument about whether people whether we're going to dismantle health, health the, the, the Affordable Health Care Act. I don't even know why that would be a priority to people in governance when they would see the, 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 the health disparities, how it's ravaging the country. Why would that be their primary goal? Or why is that even on the agenda right now? You could say right now we'll pull this uh, off, the, off the agenda because we understand that even if, even if that is what, something they believe, it is probably a, a pretty shitty time to start talking about pulling people's uh, health care from well, why is that I so actually important? Think it's, I think it's actually always a pretty shitty time to deny people health care. Um, you are a mother of three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe your kids are well behaved because you say that to them. That's, that's, <laughs> but it's the truth they need to hear. So, so what were you saying? So what I was going to say is that I think part of what we need to understand in this country is to understand that health care isn't just about what you get for health care. It's also about the health care available to others. So if you run a small business or you have a partner in your company, if that person gets sick and can't get health care, that's going to hurt your whole company. If my kids go to school and the teacher's sick and can't get good care, that's going to hurt their education. So we all benefit. But why don't people see it like that? That seems like a simple, straightforward, pragmatic, uh, 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 relatable approach. Why is it that some people think that that wanting to make sure that every American has some level of health care is socialist. <laughs> like, I don't understand why people wouldn't want their neighbors no, it's actually to be one of the most important ingredients to a capitalist economy is actually making sure that workers can go out and earn and make a living and make ends meet. That's really core to capitalism, is that, that workers being able to do their job. So when we think about things like child care, we think about things like health care, these are investments that we make to keep our collective economy strong. So I think one of the things we have to do is help people understand how lifting up others also creates a better society and a better economy for the rest of us. It's interesting. Well, Why do you think diversity is so important? Because I, I noticed that you were talking about that in your in in your uh, in your pack, uh, Truth to Power. One of the things yeah. you expressly uh, you expressly discussed was was uh, was the uh, was diversity. Why is that important? Well, because we have to reflect and understand all of the different kinds of experiences, challenges, and good ideas. Good ideas, I hate to break it to the old white men of the world, but good ideas don't just come from old white men. They come from all, just because they get more you know, volume for their ideas doesn't make the quality of the idea better. So Truth to Power, for example, we have endorsed every single candidate. I think 28 House Challengers is a woman, 
a person of color or a woman of color, because they are still really underrepresented in our Congress. And as part of one of the most diverse classes ever elected to the Congress, I see the amazing work that my colleagues like Lucy McBath are doing on gun violence, that Lauren Underwood's doing on public health, that Deb Holland is doing to lift up the voices and the needs of indigenous people. So it is truly, we're going to make better law, better policy and have better ideas when we have diverse leadership. And we already know this because the research is really clear in boardrooms, um, in the military, diverse leadership makes better decisions. And we are, should all want Congress to make some better decisions. Are you interested Amen, in, 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 in higher office? Are you interested in being a senator for the state of California? Are you interested in that? You know, right now it's like, a, and it really takes everything I can just to get to the end of the day. Right. So like, as we sit here, I'm thinking about the fact that I might not have started the dishwasher. <laughs> I may or may not have a team, but I'm probably late for something else. But look, here's how I think about it. And here's why I think we should be, we actually should be suspicious, I think, of anyone who doesn't say this. I went into this line of work to help people. I loved being a law professor. It was fabulous. I went into this line of work to help people. So I am always going to be asking myself, am I helping people? Is there a better way that I could help people? And, and then the answer to that is going to guide me to whatever comes next, Would you whether it's continuing to hold people to account in the House of Representatives, whether it's some other kind of position, it's always going to be about how can I make life better for families? How would you, how would your wow. kids say that? When they say mom's very helpful, would they, would they say that? Oh, I mean, my kids are my toughest constituents. <laughs> I mean, when people say like, how do you take those witnesses down? I think like, I already got yelled at for failing to have the cinnamon toast crunch. Like, <laughs> by the time I get to that witness, I have already been told like six ways by my children that I've let them down, that I've forgotten things, that I didn't get things done. You know, so I think it's just about having the will to really be brave and speak up. I mean, what are these corporate executives going to do? Not like me? It's not like they're inviting me on their cocktail parties in, in the meantime. I was a suburban mom in Irvine. I'm not going on a yacht either way. So I might as well get answers for the American people. Yeah, it's, it, it is I great to it. talk to you, man. It's mm -hmm. great to talk to you. And, and, and next time, not Cinnamon's Toast Crunch. Frosted Flakes. Yeah. Those are the ones. That everybody <laughs> oh, yeah. wins with that. Everybody Thank you. No, we got to mix it up. There you go. <laughs> Thank mm -hmm. you, Congresswoman. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye.